0: And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Carry on my wayward son, there'll be peace when you are gone. Lay your weary head to rest, don't you cry. Hey everybody and welcome to Lupa's Bits. I am your host, Lupa Barty, a.k.a. Yeah, I said it, Stephanie J. Barty. Um, how was your week? I know I ask every week and nobody ever answers me. Nobody ever says, sends me an email or shoots me a message and says, Hey, my week was good or, Hey, my week was crap. Want to talk about it? Because um, I will, you know, I will talk about it with you. If it's funny, you might end up on the air, but you never know. Uh, my week was all right. It was cold because it got really cold. I went home on Sunday, Monday morning. Went home on Monday. So I was home for four days. And uh, it dropped down to, at one point, it was zero degrees Fahrenheit, which I think was minus 20 minus 15 minus 15 minus 20 somewhere around there um yeah so it was a little chilly a little little nippy a little nippily um but uh i was warm enough in the trailer um still chasing leaks but that's going to be an ongoing thing you know as i patch them up and and uh areas start to get warmer and warmer I start to find it's easier for me to find where they are and uh, I mean the trailer is not meant to be lived in in the winter time it's not a winter trailer it's a summer camper so um, I think I'm doing pretty good so far I'm kind of proud of myself (laughs) I've learned a lot about myself uh, that uh, I never would have believed if somebody had said to me you know a, even a year last winter you know you're going to be living in a trailer and, and you know you're going to be battling the elements and, and finding ways to keep the trailer warm and you know winterizing it yourself and, and uh, finding new uses for garbage bags and duct tape um, I would have laughed at them and told them that they were crazy uh, that I wasn't giving up such toilets and running water and all of that um, and, you know, insulated walls, (laughs) but I did. And it's amazing what you do, the things that you do to preserve your own sanity. And I think it's kind of where that came from, what I was willing to sacrifice, what I was willing to give up um, to regain my sanity, to regain my sense of self. And the things that I can do to... And I think my journey through the summer and the fall up to this point has been more of a proving to myself what I can do and not trying to prove to anybody else because I don't know, I don't owe anybody an explanation for my life and the way I choose to live it. I don't owe anybody um, validation for why I've done the things I've done or why I'm doing the things that I'm doing. It's my life that I have to live. I have to live in this skin. I have to live in this head. And I need to be comfortable with the choices that I've made. If you're not comfortable with them, that's a you problem. That's not a me problem. I need to be able to sleep at night, I need to be able to get up every day and face every day with some shred of positivity and some shred of dignity and hope. And I try my hardest not to hurt people. But if what I've done and what I do hurts somebody, it's not intentional. And maybe they need to look at why it's hurting them. People change things change, and life sucks, really. Life sucks, and you have to find your moments. You have to find your your segments of joy and wring all the joy you can out of that moment because your next moment might suck. Statistics prove that the next moment's going to suck. Joy doesn't last forever. Joy is fleeting. Suckage lasts. Anyway, so that was kind of a heavy opening. <laughs> um, I am back at my sister's, where I was last week when I podcasted. I'm back. And we're hoping to have my mom moved down into her new suite by Sunday. That is the goal. And then we're going to work on the rest of the basement and hopefully have everything complete and done by the time my brother-in-law goes back to work. He's off on holidays now because, you know, Christmas is coming! Um, Christmas is coming, yes. But I want to talk to you tonight about a, yeah, that crunch was my old keyboard, that's why I have a new laptop. Um, I want to talk to you about a celebration that I celebrate, that um, I follow. And it's, it's honored by not just my spiritual path, but it's honored by various Northern Europeans, by Germanic people, um, Celtic. Um, now, scholars have connected the original celebration. Is I'm going to be talking to you about Yule. And they connected the original celebration of Yule to the wild hunt and to the god Odin and thing and and um but my brain just completely shut off because I'm trying to do two things at you know at once. Now Yule starts on December twenty first and ends on January first. It's not a one-day thing, it's not Um, just the equinox, just the first day of winter. It goes from December 21st to January 1st. And it is a pagan celebration of the winter solstice and is one of the oldest winter celebrations in the world. Ancient people were hunters and spent most of their time outdoors. The seasons and the weather played a very important part of their lives. Now, the winter solstice marks the what we call the bringing back of the light. Each day from December 21st on to summer solstice to the summer equinox in June get longer and longer and longer. So you you can always tell the um pagans or alternative spiritualists in a crowd because all the normal people, <laughs> all the, the I would I, mundane smuggles, I guess we call them, if you watch Harry Potter, um, get excited on the first day of summer. Woohoo! Yeah, summer's here! Yay! And you look around the crowd and you see a bunch of disappointed, sad faces. You know them people? Yeah. We follow the solstices. We follow the equinoxes. And the first day of summer means the days are getting shorter. The first day of winter means the days are getting longer and the light is coming back. So, now, Yule means the feast to some. Okay, this is the definition by the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. And their definition of Yule is the Feast of the Nativity of Jesus Christ. Oh, for heaven's sakes, I'm not going to donate to you, go away. Um, Now, the first known use of Yule is before the 12th century and it's Old Norse. It's a pagan midwinter festival sometimes wikipedia is a much better place to go here we go now traditionally we would make yule logs and no it's not the the cake yule log that you buy in the store it's an actual log and you decorate it you drill holes and if you're doing it traditionally you will hand drill these holes into the log and you place your three candles and you have your, your pine boughs and your, your frou-frou. Um, and that is your Yule log that you burn. Um, Yule or Yuletide is a festival historically observed by the Germanic peoples. Scholars have connected the original celebrations of Yule to the wild hunt to the god Odin, and to the pagan Anglo-Saxons Moutranok. I can't, I'm hopefully I pronounced that correctly. I'm pretty sure if Sika's listening, she will correct me. Later, departing from its pagan roots, Yule underwent Christianized reformulation, resulting in the term Christmastide. Many present-day Christmas customs and traditions, such as the Yule log, Yule goat, Yule boar, Yule singing, and others, the tree, Santa Claus, um, decorating, bringing pine boughs into your home to decorate, stem from pagan Yule traditions. Terms with the etymological equivalent to Yule are still used in Nordic countries and Estonia to describe Christmas and other festivals occurring during the winter holiday season. Today, Yule is celebrated in heathenry and other forms of neo-paganism. Um... Okay, Yule is indigenous is an indigenous midwinter festival celebrated by the Germanic peoples. The earliest reference to it are in the form of month names where the Yule tide period lasts somewhere around 2 months, falling along the end of the modern calendar year between what is now mid-November and early January. Yule is attested early in the history of the Germanic peoples from the 4th century Gothic language. It appears in the month name Fruma Yulis and in the eighth century, the English historian oh, Bed wrote that the Anglo-Saxon calendar included the months Yule or Yulee, corresponding to other modern December or December and, Jan- and January. I can't pronounce most of these, so I'm just not going to um, theories and interpretations. Scholars have connected the month event and Yule period to the wild hunt, which is a ghostly procession procession in the winter sky. You should google it. It's a really interesting um, read. The god Odin, who is attested in Germanic areas as leading the wild hunt, and the bears and bears the name Jonar and increased supernatural activities such as the wild hunt and increased activities of dragnar dragar undead beings who walk the earth i can't pronounce that an event focused on collective female beings attested to betty to having occurred among the pagan anglo-saxons on what is now christmas eve has been seen as further evidence of a fertility event during the yule period now it's talking about ghostly Apparitions and things like that. And if you think it it just it brings my mind to um Ebenezer Scrooge and that whole Christmas, I can't remember what it's called, a Christmas story, a Christmas tale. Scrooge. Bill Murray. Excellent movie. Go to watch it. Anyway, uh the events of Yule are generally held to have centered. On midwinter although specific dating is a matter of debate with feasting drinking and sacrifice or bloat scholar Rudolf Semek says the pagan Yule feast had a pronounced religious character and that it is uncertain whether the Germanic Yule feast still had a function in the cult of the dead and in the veneration of the ancestors a function which the midwinter sacrifice certainly held for the West European stone and bronze ages. The traditions of the Yule log, the Yule goat, the Yule boar, still reflected in the Christmas ham, Yule singing, and others stem from Yule customs, which Simic says indicates the significance of the feast in pre-Christian times. Um, In modern Germanic language speaking areas, oh for heaven's sakes. Oh, I wanted to tell you about the Yule log. The Yule log, Yule clog, or Christmas block is a specially selected log burnt on a hearth as a Christmas tradition in regions of Europe, particularly the United Kingdom, and subsequently the Americas. The origin of the folk custom is unclear. Like other traditions associated with Yule, the custom may, I can't read the rest of it. Um, I do know some of the customs in uh, some of the smaller European villages They would have a huge bonfire in the center of town and each would take a burning log home to light their hearth and that would bring them luck throughout the year. Now, a lot of them have moved that to the new year and you light your hearth with the new fire and it's supposed to bring good luck and prosperity to your home. So, Yule is a special time for me. Um, I honor my ancestors. I honor my family and those that have lost throughout the year, as I do on Samhain. Um, and I celebrate the bringing back of the, net, the light. And this is also um, the longest night. It's where the, the light and the dark are equal on the, the equinox. It's with the light and the dark, the amount of hours, you have 12 hours of light and 12 hours of dark. So what we've done in the past and what some people do is you hold vigil throughout that night, throughout the darkest night, and you light candles, you sing, you drum, you do everything that you can to bring light into that darkest night and then as the sun begins to rise in the morning signifying that the darkness has ended and it, it it's symbolic of the darkness of the winter um and that darkness has ended and the light is now returning and the dark is receding and we are going into the lighter side of the year um we usually would drum up the sun we would have our jimbeys and um our remos and we would drum up the sun in the morning and sing. There was a a native chant that we would sing um, a Cherokee morning song. And it was just, it was a beautiful experience. Um, And there are still mornings that I wake up and if I'm up as the sun's rising, I will sing up the sun. I will sing the Cherokee morning song and sing up the sun. Go to YouTube and look it up. It's a beautiful song. So, as you know, there is a story called Twas the Night Before Christmas. And back in my um, not-so-accepting days, I was very rigid in my spirituality years ago. And I wrote, I rewrote Twas the Night Before Christmas for my kids so that I could read it to them the night before Yule. And they would have a story of their own and they didn't have to wait till Christmas and hear, you know, the Christmas story. So I'm going to read it to you because I want to share it with you. Because every year since I wrote it, I have posted it on Facebook. So now I'm going to read it to you. And I still post it on Facebook. Okay. It the night before Yule and all through my house. The cats were all playing with their new catnip mouse. The stockings were hung in the tree all aglow. And even though we are pagan, we hoped Santa would show. The children were nestled, all snug in their beds, while visions of the Yule Fairy danced in their heads. And Dad in his robe, and I in mine too, had just settled down for a cup of home brew. When up on the roof, there came such a noise. I sprang from the couch, tripping over the kids' toys. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow made me thank the great mother above and below when what to my wondering eyes should appear, should appear but a tripped-out old sleigh and meat for the year. As stunned as I was, the man silenced me more as he addressed each fine reindeer and opened my door. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donner and Blitzen, to the Pagan's house there and the one just next door. Watch out for the heathens, they'll make you jerky and more. Like a storm in summer, that leapt, they leapt in the sky, "'creating such a breeze, I got snow in my eye. "'So down to the streets, their coursers, they flew, "'with a sleigh full of toys in St. Nicholas, too. "'And then in a twinkling, he came in the house, "'and the reindeer all waited, as quiet as a mouse. "'He was dressed all in fur, hat, boots, coat, and mitts, "'and his bag was all filled with tools for the Ritz. "'A small bundle of toys he strapped to his back. Were for children. "'Were for, for the children,' he said, as he opened his pack. His eyes, they saw all, and he knew I was wary. I'm not about Jesus, Joseph, or Mary. His droll little mouth drew up like a bow. I'm the spirit of the season, or didn't you know? This world has forgotten what I'm all about, where I came from and how my story starts out. He sat with a thump, a sad look crossed his face. and He sighed and he grumbled and started to pace. Father Christmas, Père Noël, the name doesn't matter. It's the message behind all the Hollywood glamour. I'm love and I'm forgiveness. I'm sharing, he said. I'm greeting the neighbor with kindness, not dread. He spoke no more words and went straight to his work. I had a lot to think about, because even I'd been a jerk. And laying his hand on the side of my face, he said, Admitting you're wrong shows courage and grace. Love when it's hard and forgive when it's harder. Just be a good person. You don't have to be a martyr. I heard him exclaim as he drove out of sight, Blessed Yule, Merry Christmas. And to all, a good night. I love that. That's one of my favorites. i of all I mean I know I wrote it, and I know I kind of liberated the idea from another poem. Um, but I still I I I don't even know how long ago it was. That i wrote that to be honest with you um i posted it december 24th 2011 but i think i wrote it uh, before that and um i read it every year i post it every year i share it every year everywhere i can and i still really enjoy it i still really resonate with it and um I hope you guys got something out of it, you know, whether or not it was discussed because you think I'm crazy old fool or whatever. Like I said earlier in the podcast, it is not for me to justify who I am to you. That's a you problem, that's not a me problem. <laughs> anyway. Oh I'm getting comfortable. Um I mean I'm podcasting from bed, which is not unusual. I do that all the time, uh, except when I'm in the trailer. And when I'm in the trailer, I podcast from the kitchen table. And it's a little weird tonight because I'm podcasting without an audience. So I'm, I'm not... I'm talking to all of you instead of um, having like a, a one-person audience that I usually talk to. So it's kind of odd, but uh, I wanted to share... Um, because Yule starts in the eighteenth, three days. So I wanted to share that with you before Yule, and I've kind of been waiting. Um, it's been popping up in my Facebook memories since like the beginning of December, and I've been kind of waiting because I wanted to do it on the podcast right before Yule. So, there you go. That's that's my Yule poem, and. uh, Yeah, so that's coming up. That's going to be this week. And uh, I've been asked to hold space for my spiritual teacher on the solstice, which I will do. And I'm... Part of the messages that she's been receiving um, have been, I would say, have been for me um well i'm i'm not for me but i'm taking them as messages that i need to pay attention to i need to take back my power i need to own my power i need to acknowledge my power my abilities my strengths my magic i need to stop half-assing my beliefs, half-assing my spirituality. I need to start walking my walk again, walking my talk. Because I talk a good game. I don't necessarily follow what I should be and do what I should be doing. I used to do what I called, um, and what Barbara called, daily devotionals. And every morning and every night. And I kind of, did it on Facebook as well when I was doing posting my joy statuses. But I would, um, well, attempt to meditate. I'm not very good at meditating, I can't get into that meditative state. I can kind of still my body, but my mind is still going. But I have been able to take that activity and tune it into what's going on around me. I close my eyes, I still my body, I slow my breathing, I slow my heart rate, and I open to everything around me. Instead of just block- blocking everything out and going into the silence, like you're supposed to when you're meditating, I listen to the sounds around me. Um, when I'm doing it outside, I'll listen to the birds, I'll listen to the wind, I'll listen to the leaves on the trees, and I'll focus on each sound. And concentrate on that. And it's very relaxing and very soothing for me, I find. Um, And I used to do that every morning. I would wake up and I would listen to the world around me. And it's various stages of awakening. And um, depending on what time I've woken up, how things are going. And I would do it every night before I would go to bed. I would sit And I would kind of reflect on my day. Um, I would take my mind through my day, things that I've done, things that I had said, things that I wanted to do, things that I had accomplished. And um, look for any signs or symbols or messages or meanings that I may have missed. Um, And I was very devout with that. I mean, I did that for years, every morning, every night. And I kind of got away from that, I'd say, probably in the last six to eight years. Um, It's kind of dwindled off. And it's been the last three years, four years, for sure, um, when the Great Depression set in. (laughs) That's what I'm calling it when the Great Depression set in, that I stopped doing it altogether. And um, I did it the other night. I finished up a phone conversation that I was having and shut everything down and I rolled over to go to sleep and it was almost like something flicked me in the back of the head. I kind of, hey, with going on? And I closed my eyes and I kind of snuggled down again in it, Flick, in the back of the head. What did you do today? So I started thinking, what did I do today? And I ran through, I started with, you know, getting up, having coffee. What did I do today? What should I have done today? Okay, I did everything I should have done today, except for that and that and maybe that. And I found myself rolling over onto my back And laying my arms down along my sides and relaxing my body. And one of the techniques that I had been taught is you start at your toes and you focus on your toes. And you relax every muscle in your toes. And you work your way up your toes, the balls of your feet, the heels of your feet, your entire foot, your ankles, your calves, your knees. And you work your way through your body. And I found myself starting to do that. And as I was, my my logical side of my brain was focusing on each part of that, my creative side, my illogical side, as I call it, was expanding and sifting through things that I had missed and I hadn't seen and I hadn't paid attention to, um, signs and symbols and, um, presences that I had been ignoring and not acknowledging. Um, And it was a not-so-gentle reminder that I am who I am. I was born this way. I come from a long line of women like me, With abilities like me, um, stumbling onto my spiritual path was not an accident. It was not a way to rebel. It was not a, a snub at any other religion or belief system. It is in my blood, really, you know, and truly is in my blood. To be a medium, to be a conduit, to be a reader, a seer, A communicator is in my family's blood. Um, I have relatives, aunts. It's in our blood. And I've been ignoring that. I've been not living the entire person that I am. And I need to stop doing that. Now... Being fully who I am and who I want to be, who I believed I am to be, and walking my path fully, I may lose more people than I've already lost down the way. Um, There may be some who cannot handle who I am and what I do. And as painful as that may be, I have to accept that. Because I can't be anything other than me. I am the only me that there is. And to deny parts of myself and ignore parts of myself is to not live fully as myself. And I need to start doing that. And I had, I've had i had a lot of nightmares lately. I've been having nightmares for probably about almost a month now. Um, almost on an every night basis, at least every other night or every third night, I'm having at least one nightmare. And the other night, um, it was just nightmare after nightmare after nightmare. And they all had a theme, like they were all kind of attached to each other. It was almost like I was picking up in different parts of um, the the dream, the nightmare. Um, kind of like, you know, when you're watching a horror movie and you don't pause the movie and you get up and you go to the bathroom and you get a snack and you come back and it's a different scary part, but it's still the same movie. Yeah, kind of like that. And um, Crystal analyzed it for me. And I think the biggest thing that, I mean, there were some pretty heavy things in the dream that we haven't touched on yet. Uh, But the one thing that we did look into was the shark. There was a point in the dream where I was eaten by a shark, well, half eaten by a shark. And anybody who knows me knows I have an irrational phobia of sharks. You can't reason it away, you can't explain it to me, you can't, no, it's there, it's a good, I just, no. (laughs) I hear the theme song to Jaws, and my heart starts to pound, and my hand, my palms get sweaty, and I get, you know, start to feel a little anxiety. Um, It is a phobia of sharks. So, that was one of the things that she focused on when she analyzed it. And um, one of the things was be careful of a person in your life. Um, They could have ill intent, kind of shady, lone shark kind of personality. And um, another was, you know, that anxiety, that fear of... Starting something new, moving forward in your life. Because sharks have to keep moving. They have to keep moving forward. Um, anyway, so yeah, they, it was from the time I closed my eyes to go to sleep, I finally fell into a dreamless sleep just after dawn when there was light, daylight. And uh, I slept for a couple of hours of sound, no dream sleep. But, uh, oh, excuse me, (sighs) talking about my lack of sleep makes me on. Um, it's kind of got me thinking, I've, I've been suppressing parts of myself and I think that is what's causing these nightmares is those parts are manifesting in my dreams and they're, because I've been suppressing them and I've been ignoring them, um, they're kind of wild. You know, like if you forget to mow the grass for a while, your yard looks kind of scroungy. Kind of like that. So I need to own my power again and be me. And it reminded me, as I was looking for the Yule poem, um, I came across a poem. I don't know if I've read it to you before, but it came across a poem that I wrote when I was having a series of nightmares. And, um kind of came to me so I'm going to read it to you it's called in a dream I had in a dream I had the night was black as pitch the wind beat a torrent on my doorstep and howled down the flue the moon a heavy-lidded seductress beckoned me come forth out into the inky blackness down the path of stone my feet found their footing carried me deep into the arms of the forest they embraced me closing out the world around The soft whisper of water guided, guiding me. The pristine waters lay before, while the moon winking up at me. Look here, my child, she said from above. Look deep beyond what your eyes can see. The mirror cracked, giving way to time long past. Fairy lights danced in my hair as it spiraled about my face. Visions fly faster than light, and he is there. Darker than night, he sends fear with a look. But I stand, unafraid, for he is but a reflection of me, emotions buried deep. I smiled and winked at the moon. Hands widespread, I shattered the image with a laugh. That which you know can no longer harm. That which you face becomes nothing. In a dream I had, the night was black as pitch. And I think the message in that is when you face the things that you're afraid of, when you face the things that you don't want to face, that you don't want to acknowledge and, and look at, um, they no longer hold power over you. They no longer have the ability to make you ashamed or make you feel fear or make you feel scared. And, and, and you you give voice to them and it takes power away from them. And I believe that. Um, and something my mom said to me as well last week. I uh, told her I was, you know, every night, because everybody goes to bed really early here, like eight o'clock, lights are out, everybody's in bed. Kids go to bed, they go to bed. And uh, I don't go to bed at eight o'clock. So I crawl into my bed in, in the music room and I watch Hallmark Christmas movies. And I called it my guilty pleasure. And my mom looked at me and she says, why does it have to be guilty? Why does it have to be a secret? Who says you can't watch cheesy Hallmark Christmas movies? And I'm thinking about it. like You know what? Yeah, I don't care if people make fun of me for watching cheesy, wholesome Hallmark Christmas movies. I enjoy the cheesy Hallmark Christmas movies, I know how they're going to go. It some strong independent girl gets sent to some small town or goes back to her hometown, meets her old boyfriend or finds some strong independent man who's wounded in some way. And they fall in love and kiss at the end of the TV at the end of the movie. That's how they go. But it's the whole beauty of them meeting and falling in love, and you know there's there's going to be a crisis at some point, um, and there will be a misunderstanding between the two, and then you know that'll get all sorted out, and there'll be the big I can't live without you, and in every Hallmark movie I've ever seen, call me a romantic, I don't care, maybe I am, I yeah I am, I'm a little bit of a of a closet romantic, and but I think every female is to a certain extent. We all want to be told that we're beautiful or at least beautiful in the eyes of the person that you want to be beautiful for. We all want to be told that we're loved. We all want to be told that, you know, I'm. you're the first person I think of when I wake up. You're the last person I think of before I go to sleep. You're the one I want to tell my exciting. We, we want to be that person. We want to be strong and independent. We want to smash concrete. And we want to be able to, you know, build a wall or, or a set of stairs or a porch or whatever. Winterize a trailer. But... We also want to feel delicate and beautiful and precious. And that's really hard to find. So I watch these Hallmark movies because it's all right there. It's all right there. The guys are emotionally available they are open and speak freely about their emotions and how they feel. They don't at first. They don't always at first. Takes them until 20 minutes before the movie's over and he realizes he's almost lost the girl and he goes running after her and he tells her, stops her at the airport or stops her at the bus stop or gets in her car because she's driving away or she's already gone, goes back to her country because he's a prince and he can do that. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, tells her that he loves her and that he wants to spend the rest of his life with her. Um, and that she has some in some way healed what was broken in him. And he in turn has healed what was broken in her. And I think that's the big thing for me. I love, I, I love them. I do. I, I get lost in them. And it, it kind of gives me that Christmas feeling, that Christmas spirit feeling. Now, it's been a little hard for me this year because, um, and I've been in a bit of a funk, and it's the season. For me, it's the season. And I love Christmas. I do. I love Christmas. I love the lights, and I love the the. The packages, the the pretty decorated packages, and the thrill of of finding something that you know that person is just gonna love, and the, the the baking, oh the baking, but the families and and the 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 Christmas lights on the houses and the trees, and I love it all. I do. I just I love it all, and I know that's kitschy and I know that's commercial. And I know that's not the spirit of the season, but I love that too. So I get that from the Hallmark Christmas movies. I really do. I get that that hometown, old fashioned Christmas. And they're wholesome movies. They're not, you're not gonna, have some raunchy sex scene in the middle of a movie. You're not going to have heavy petting and serious, I know I'm sounding like a prude, but you know what you're going to get. It's going to be all story. It's not going to all way, like a lot of stories are carried by the physical relationship between the male and female lead. Whereas a hallmark, where, where, where's a hallmark Christmas movie, is story driven. By the characters. They're not dependent upon those. Um, intimate scenes every five minutes. Because they don't. They never jump into bed. You never see them, in the bed. Never. Ever. 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 And you know it's the end of the movie when they finally kiss. Although my mom and I have been surprised. There have been a couple of movies where they kind of kiss in the beginning of, or in the middle of the movie. And I made a crack about I should write a Hallmark Christmas movie where they kiss at the beginning and then there's a huge fight. And then it's the entire movie trying to get back to that first kiss. Because something happened and he screwed it up or she screwed it up. Somebody screwed it up. Because um, they were happy at the beginning. And then something happened and they have to get back to the happy. So, um, you might see something like that next year. Two years. I have too many things to write right now for next year. Anyway, I get that from the Hallmark Christmas movies. And my mom was right. It shouldn't be a guilty pleasure. It should just be a pleasure. I don't care what people think about me watching them. I really don't. I'm going to watch them anyway. They tease me about it. Oh, well, go ahead. Tease me. I don't care. And by not caring, it takes the wind out of the sails of the teasing. You know, haha, you're watching a Hallmark Christmas movie. Yeah, I am. And? <laughs> I enjoy them. Um, I know it gives me an unrealistic view of what a relationship looks like or what, you know, a guy on an emotional level looks like, because that's not real. I understand it's fiction. Um, but for a moment I can be the girl in the movie and the guy can be saying those things to me for just a moment. 48 minutes. That's how long those movies usually are. No. They're usually two hours, so they're about an hour and 48 minutes. And I enjoy them. I don't watch them any other time of the year. I don't watch Hallmark movies any other time of the year. Just at Christmas. And I was talking to a friend of mine while I was watching one, and I do pick on them myself, you know. If you're going to do foam snow, use good foam snow. Don't use Dawn dish detergent, And then blow it. And then have the camera too close to where the blower is so that you can actually see it blowing out of the machine. Um, Yeah, that's just bad directing. Anyway. um, But I do enjoy the stories. And they're all very similar. Boy meets girl. Boy, girl, fall in love. Big problem. Big fix boy kisses girl but it gives me that happy feeling it makes me feel warm and squishy inside and very few things make me feel warm and squishy inside I sometimes wonder if I do have a heart Um, I have a heart problem so I know there has to be a heart in there somewhere I'm so jaded on what love really is and what Um, emotion really is that I question every emotion that I have. Is this real? Is this what it's supposed to feel like? Am I doing it wrong? Am I doing it right? Am I doing it too much? Am I not doing it enough? You know, should I stop doing this? Should I stop doing that? And then I stop doing stuff because I think I'm being um, overly aggressive or obsessive. And it leads people to think I don't care anymore, and then it's just I don't know, I don't emotion well. I don't <laughs> I really don't um, but I'm working on that. I'm figuring it out, I'm talking to people and doing the things um and eventually, I'm sure I'll figure it out, maybe I don't know. 27 years, I hadn't figured it out. Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I've been kind of in a funk. And the Hallmark Christmas movies help pull me out of them sometimes. Sometimes they push me farther in. Um, It depends on where I am in the funk when I decide to watch one of those. And I either end up in tears because, you know, it's pushed me farther into the funk. Or, you know, it gives me that warm, mushy feeling. But I am without the traditions this year that I had fostered and and um, forced year after year after year so that they became traditions. And I am without an important... Part of the decorating at my house, and that is my wall of remembering. <sighs> Gotta give me a minute. It always tears me up when I talk about that wall. Because it starts with my dad's Christmas stocking, and then there's Midnight's Christmas stocking. That was my son's dog. And then there's Curious, the cat. And then there's Nimway's. And this year, Morgan's would go up on that wall. I don't have that wall this year because I don't live where the wall is. I think I talked about this in the last podcast, and it still weighs very heavily on me. And I think it's a little more prevalent this week because um, Crystal and I decorated her little tree. (laughs) It's like a four-foot tree. Not even a four foot. I don't even think it's four. I think it's a three foot tree. It's a three foot tree on a two foot table. I was taller than the tree. Contrary to popular belief. Yes, I could have reached up and put the star on the top of the tree. But we were at Walmart and um, we were looking at the Christmas decorations because I realized I don't have a Christmas decoration to put on the tree. That's mine. I says hey that's loose because all my decorations are at the house and um so we went and bought one a troll poppy the troll to be exact crystal said it was totally me so poppy the troll is on the tree and that is my on crystal's tree i have one on my sister's tree um, but that belongs with my mom's decorations. It was one that my dad, when my dad and my mom got together in our first Christmas, my dad bought these three birds, ugly looking metallic tasseled tails, birds. And there was just three of us at the time, me and my dad and my mom. So we put the, our three birds on the tree. We did that every year, even after my brother and sister were born. We didn't add two more birds. No, we still had the three original birds. And my brother and my sister had their own ornaments. um, But those three birds went on the tree together every year. And uh, when dad died, my mom still put those three birds on the tree. And last year, I put my bird, I was here when we decorated my sisters. So I put my bird on the tree. And this year I put my bird on the tree. Um, And anyway, we were decorating the tree at Crystal's and she pulls out a box and it was her husband's um, special decoration. I looked and it was a Hallmark keepsake ornament. And no, I'm not getting sponsored by Hallmark. I I just realized I've been saying that a lot in this podcast. And it reminded me of my dad's ornament that he had for years it was a hallmark keepsake ornament and it was a fire truck it hung on our tree and it would just randomly light up you know you'd be like hi dad how you doing because you have to push a button for the lights on the top of the fire truck and the headlights to blink and flash you have to push a button and uh it's not an easy button to push so when they just randomly go off it's kind of weird but uh i don't have any of those decorations this year i don't have my stocking Um, I don't have anything. And judging by the pictures that I'm seeing my daughter post, it doesn't look like anything got put up. I asked. Because I asked for my grandma's Christmas village. I did put up my grandmother's Christmas village at the trailer. And there is a bow on my front door. That's about as far as I got decorating. Um, And I love the Christmas lights. I mean... from the minute from I would put up my Christmas tree and I would decorate the fireplace mantel. My living room was lit by Christmas lights. I didn't have lamps on. Didn't turn lamps on. Didn't turn lights on. Once the Christmas tree lights went on and the mantel lights went on, the living room was lit by Christmas lights. I loved it. The outside of my house was lit by Christmas lights. I loved it. I, just The windows all had Christmas lights. I loved it. It was my thing. I love Christmas lights. I would do my entire house in Christmas lights and keep them up year-round. I'm that kind of girl. Um, and I don't have any that this year, and I don't have the desire because I'm alone. In my trailer, I'm alone. I mean, I know I made that choice, but it's very lonely. I don't have... Someone to sit with in the evening and just look at the lights and enjoy the tree and drink a hot cup of tea or hot chocolate that doesn't have coconut oil in it you know and and, and snuggle up to and stick my cold feet on or my cold bum on <laughs> it's just me. causing me a little bit of anxiety right now. So, yeah, you're all getting to hear this in uh, semi-real time (laughs) as it's happening. Yeah, I'm having a little mild anxiety attack, but that's okay. Because I don't think I'll be alone forever. At least I hope I won't be. I enjoy my solitude sometimes. But I'm always in contact with somebody. Whether it's Crystal or Dave. Somebody. I'm always talking to somebody. Texting with somebody. Mike. I'm always talking to somebody. There's always somebody there. I'm never completely on my own. So I know that means I'm never completely alone. Not conversationally, anyway. Physically, yeah. I go to sleep alone and I wake up alone. There's nobody there to comfort me if I have a nightmare. It's hard. Ollie, jumping. Okay, you know what? I really, there's got to be a week when I don't cry on my podcast. This is getting ridiculous. These are the tears on my face. (laughs) These are the days of my life. These are tears on my face. (sighs) I'm going to start calling this my my weekly tear duct maintenance. Anyway, I'm done. I'm not crying. I'm over it. Well, I'm not over it, but uh, I'll get over it eventually. I'm sure there will be a day that I won't spend a Christmas alone. I mean, I'll be here with my sister and her family and my mom Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and Boxing Day. And I might get to see my brother. But I'm sure there'll be a Christmas where I'll feel loved. You know? Not that I need that in my life to be complete because I'm quite capable of surviving and managing and living on my own by myself I don't need somebody else to validate who I am or make me feel complete I can do that on my own I just want to enjoy somebody's company, you know, random hug, (laughs) because I'm good for that. I will just come up behind you and wrap my arms around you and give you a hug and walk away. That's it. That's all. That's all I want to do. You know, have someone come up and kiss the top of my head and give me a squeeze and carry on. While I'm standing there doing dishes. Anyway, I'm starting to uh, get a little melancholy, so y'all don't need to hear about what I want out of life, or what I want out of a relationship, or what I want out of a uh, partner, or whatever. I'm not even sure I know. But uh, I know what I don't want. So yeah, Christmas does that to me, makes me, at least this year, it's making me have nightmares and anxiety and stress, and I need to calm some of that stress, Um, because I don't relish the idea of having a seizure. Thank you very much. I've been seizure-free for a few years, so we're going to keep it that way. And I'm going to pack away all the stress and I will take out one thing at a time and deal with it instead of trying to throw it all up in the air and catch it all before it hits the ground. Yeah, so I think I'm going to end here. I'm just, I'm starting to crawl into my head, I guess you could say. And I do that a lot, especially when I am stressed out. Um and i'm 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 struggling for words right now and that is a a precursor to um a seizure the the struggling for words the large gaps in my sentences um the staring off into into to nothing Uh, I've done that a couple of times already during this podcast, so I think I am going to end the podcast here and wish you all a blessed Yule. And if you don't, I mean, if you don't celebrate Yule, that's fine. Just give your ancestors a passing thought, because without them, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be here. And we carry the DNA of every single ancestor we have ever had within our bodies. And our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren will carry our DNA with them. We will carry on as they have carried on. So give them a thought, give them a nod, give them a hey, raise a glass, share a snack. And welcome back the light, the longer days. And if you happen to be awake one morning, just as the sun's coming up, say good morning. Welcome the welcome the sun. Welcome back the light. Okay, well, if you want to find me and tell me that I'm crazy, I am on Facebook at Stephanie J. Barty or Lupa Bardi. You can find me over on the World of Myth magazine. Uh, you can find me on Lupa's Bits, the podcast. I'm over on Twitter at Lupa's Bits, the podcast, and at Lupa B and the World of Myth Magazine. I'm on Instagram. Okay, here we go. Luhu Baskets, Lupa's Bits, the podcast. Stephanie Bardi, author. Stephanie Lupa Bardi, author. And Lupa's, yeah, Lupa's Bits, I said that. And I'm over on TikTok at uh, Lady Luhu. So, pick one. Come find me. And, uh, yeah, let's chat. So, don't forget, Mondays is the World of Myth Bits with Jenna and Joe. Wednesdays, which is starting to wind down. I think there's only two episodes left, three episodes left. Um, and this week's episode, which didn't air on Wednesday, will be airing on Saturday. Uh, stay tuned for that, and that is My Public Life as an American Nerd, and I think there's a special guest this week, um, but don't quote me on that, because, you know, oh, uh, what do I know? And then me on Fridays, Lupus Bits, and keep fingers crossed, next week, I don't cry. What is next week? Next week is what? Because we're getting close magazine we're going to be doing the magazine i got to get the magazine yeah magazine okay so next week magazine is due next week is christmas folks yeah next week is christmas so i may or may not podcast next week because that will be christmas eve um so yeah Okay, well, if I don't see speak to you all next week, have a merry Christmas, and um, okay, I have to I have to make a decision. I either have to podcast Christmas Eve or New Year's Eve, one of the two. So, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and I will talk to you either next week or the week after. Maybe I'll just. Re- Record my podcast early, and it'll come out Christmas Day and New Year's Day. We'll see. Okay. Have a good evening. Good night. Good whatever. See ya. Carry on our wayward son. There'll be peace when you are gone. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry